It's a June evening. It's one of those days where it seems like the sun will just stay out all night. But I'm inside, at a public meeting in downtown Canmore, in the Miners' Union Hall, to be specific. Just a quick side note, before Canmore was known as a tourism getaway, it was a mining town. Its population has boomed in the past few decades. That means more buildings and roads, and of course, more people doing stuff like exploring hiking trails. People are gathered this evening largely because of Bear 148. Bear 148 wasn't just a number. Um, She was part of our community. For the Narwhal, this is Bear 148. I'm Molly Siegel. After Bear 148 was killed in British Columbia, many people spoke out on social media, writing letters to the editor of the town newspapers, calling their local and provincial politicians. This one bear's death shook the community. Her death was legal. It happened just a couple of months before British Columbia would ban the hunt on grizzly bears. Still, it all highlighted the issues that borders pose to wildlife, what they can and cannot do depending on what land they've walked onto. And that's what we're going to look at on this episode of Bear 148. improving uh, trail signage in the Bow Valley. Right now, you're hearing Cameron Westhead. At the time, he was the province's MLA for Banff Cochrane. In the Bow Valley here, it's a really busy, dense corridor with uh, multiple jurisdictions that share boundaries. Uh, So it's really complicated. There's lots of people, there's lots of wildlife, and it's a pinch point. There's a lot of technical language for what's going on. Human Wildlife Coexistence Technical Working Group and Roundtable. What that really means, though, is that politicians, scientists, managers, officials all got together to talk about how people and wildlife interact in the Bow Valley. They came up with an 80-page report that reveals some of the problems wild animals run into when crossing the borders that we've created. One of the impetuses for us getting together was the management and the fate of Bear 148 last summer. There are many people from the community here, as well as the working group. Part of the room is set up like a science fair, with poster boards, maps, and photos. All of this to give people a behind-the-scenes look at how the province, towns, and national parks manage wildlife and people. Banff abuts directly on three other national parks, Kootenai, Yoho, and Jasper. This is generally where wild animals are safest because they have the most protection. Outside of the national parks, things start to change. Let's begin inside Banff National Park. I drive to the Banff Warden office. It's in the industrial part of town, hidden away from the bustle of tourists. There's always going to be differences between uh, inside a protected area and outside a protected area. I don't know if there's any easy solutions. This is Bill Hunt. He's Banff National Park's resource conservation manager. So he's often the guy who speaks to all things Banff-related. He's also the guy who hears about all of the run-ins people have with wild animals in the national park. Like so many other people, Bill has had his own encounter with Bear 148. A very exciting encounter for me. Uh, He was cycling a trail that connects Canmore and Banff. He was going pretty fast. I was hollering, making some noise as I went through a, a whiny section of trail, and I ran right into 148, who was in there trying to get some grass and dandelions. She gave me a huff and a swat. Swung her paw at the air to let me know that I was in her space. Uh, I backed away, grabbed my bear spray. Uh, Another cyclist who was a friend of mine ran into the back of me. And the two of us backed our bikes out of there 
quite scared. And she just went back to feeding. If that had been a wary grizzly bear, it could have been a much, much worse outcome for, for me and the bear. There are some words that come up a lot when talking about grizzly bears in the Bow Valley. Wary and habituated are two of those words. Bill Hunt says habituated means that Bear 148 wasn't afraid of people. A wary bear is one that tries to avoid people. In Banff, where bears and people both spend time in the same valley, Bill says some degree of habituation is helpful. And so if a bear wasn't habituated to some degree, it, just, it simply couldn't survive here. It couldn't find its way through our narrow wildlife corridors and, and using underpasses and overpasses to get safely across the highway. But where do they draw the line? Parks Canada doesn't want bears to become what biologists call food conditioned. At, at what point does that behavior become problematic? Is it only once they associate humans with food or is there somewhere in between where they start becoming worrisome? Uh, when we have bears that are coming into built up areas, bears that are trying to use uh, urban or developed areas as a refuge from our larger bears. Like female bears with cubs or what Bill calls teenage bears, both of them trying to avoid large males that's when it becomes problematic. And so uh, this is one of the areas where we do have a fairly strong reactionary program. Um, anytime uh, carnivore or even elk are seen in those areas, uh, staff work to haze that animal out of there. And our, and our goal there is to teach them that there is a line that they're not to cross. These are wildlife, and when they are in Banff, they're protected under the National Parks Act. As soon as a bear steps outside of the National Park, those rules change. But how could a bear know when it's crossing a border? There's a philosophical difference about how we should allow bears to use the landscape. I meet Sarah Elmaligi by the Bow River in downtown Canmore. Here, people are out walking and jogging. It's the middle of the week, but it's busy. Sarah is a biologist, and she did her PhD work here in the Bow Valley. Her research dove into a lot of the issues that Bear 148 brought into focus. So we've written this very complex rule book for how a grizzly bear needs to be a good grizzly bear and we've drawn all of these lines on a map and we've said okay over here do this and this will happen and do that and this will happen over there and it's a very complex rule book and um, bears can't read. <laughs> bears can't read. This makes me stop to think about what is it actually like for bears. Maybe a bear kind of knows the rules in one place not in the way that we understand those rules, but maybe something more like, hey, turns out those cars by the side of the road are okay. I can still eat dandelions here. But then that same bear goes looking for food in an area that looks similar to the bear, and it gets chased out. I see why that could be confusing. We're not really setting them up for success by having so much uh, contradictory responses. Well, our philosophy is to discourage habituation, and we want to be encouraging wary bears. This is Jay Honeyman, a human wildlife conflict biologist with Alberta Environment and Parks. When bears leave the national parks and wander into Kananaskis, Jay's one of the people deciding what behavior is okay and what's a threat to the public. Habituated bears just don't do well. Generally, wildlife that hangs around people, in general, doesn't do well. The best thing that wildlife could do would be to stay away from us and they're probably going to do well. They're going to live a long, happy life. And, you know, the more time they they come and hang out with people and hang out in urban areas, it, it it's not going to bode well for them in the long run. 
One example of how these different rules play out is bears foraging for food near the side of the road. So eating things like dandelions. We work very hard to make sure that when people stop and do see a a habituated bear uh, foraging roadside, that they're staying in their vehicles, they're keeping the distance, um, making sure, of course, that, that nobody's feeding wildlife and that those activities are safe. But it doesn't always happen like that. The Bow Valley Parkway is a small, scenic road that runs parallel to the main highway between Banff and Lake Louise. What's important to know about this road is just how close to wildlife you are here. There's forest on both sides of the road. You drive past campgrounds and trails that take you up the rocky peaks that soar above the tree line. It's a really beautiful drive. And it's a popular one in spring and summer, especially for people hoping to catch a glimpse of a wild animal. Right beside the road are clearings that in June often have things bears like to eat. It's quite close to the side of the road, really. It's maybe like, I don't know, a few meters from the cars. Doesn't really seem bothered. I made this recording at a bear jam one June. A bear jam happens when people stop their cars to look at a bear and it causes a traffic jam. Anyway, I was out on a drive with a friend. Eight cars, Uh, it's pretty chaotic actually. A lot of the bears in Banff National Park eat things like dandelions along the side of the road. They're usually used to the cars that are driving past or stopping. And Parks Canada allows this, as long as people are safe. And like Bill says, that means keeping your distance from the bear. Hey, you gotta stay in your car. Well, we're trying to get up there to get a picture. He says, we're trying to get a picture. And to be clear, in this instance, the bear is right next to the road. Parks Canada recommends staying 100 meters away from bears, unless you stay inside your car. But the province has a different approach altogether, discouraging bears from eating near the side of the road. Sarah Elmaligi. So that is a pretty big difference. In Alberta's provincial parks. That's like bears feeding on dandelions in the ditch. We'll be aversively conditioned away from that behavior. The challenge with that is that now you have this bear eating dandelions in the ditch in Banff and everything's good and it's all happy and there's people there and it's all fine. And then that bear goes to graze dandelions in the ditch in Kananaskis and it's used to being around people now. It's tolerant of people. It doesn't see people as a threat, but now suddenly it's being aversively conditioned away from dandelions. Aversively conditioned away from dandelions. Here, Sarah is talking about when Alberta Environment and Parks uses things like rubber bullets, beanbags, paintballs, and noisemakers, stuff that bears don't like or that's unpleasant, but that's not going to hurt the bear, to try and teach the bear not to do something. In this case, not to eat dandelions at the side of the road. It is worth mentioning that there's some debate among biologists about how and when this method is most effective. It presents this very complex challenge to managers because... On the one hand, facilitating roadside bear viewing in Banff National Park is great. It really shows people that bears are not inherently violent. It allows the bear to access really important roadside habitat, especially in the spring. Um, But on the flip side, you're also teaching these bears bad behavior that when they leave the national parks and they engage in that same behavior can get them into pretty significant trouble. Bear 148 traveled from Banff to areas in and around Canmore, just 20 kilometers east. And that's when things got tricky. Jay Honeyman. So she's on both sides of the highway. She's over here, she's over there. And, you know, it's, it's quite apparent that this is another habituated bear that is not, not always 
moving off when people are there. And in, in some cases, she was standing ground and just looking at people, not necessarily showing aggression, but there's so many people around. There's dogs off leash. And it's like, ideally, it would be nice if that bear just walked into the woods and gave people space. These habituated bears, often they don't do that. And in talking with Banff, you know, she was a probably one of the more habituated bears that we've ever had to deal with here. And um, that became apparent during the berry season when she, she came out in July. But for some reason, the buffalo berry crop was very good here. And for whatever reason, she, she stuck around for a bit. The area where Bear 148 was eating buffalo berries, Alberta Parks eventually closed it off to people. But even when that area was closed, some people were ignoring that and ducking under the tape. Bill Hunt. The realities are very different than here in Banff, just in terms of how effective the area closures are and, and how people respect or disrespect area closures. Uh, was a real eye-opener for staff to understand better some of the struggles of managing a bear just, just a short ways down the valley. But there were also differences in how biologists were reading Bear 148's behavior. If a bear is near people, at what point do you say that bear's a threat? That's the driver for us is when the public safety card gets dealt we, we have to deal with it. Um, I don't expect, given the different mandates, that we'll ever get entirely into, uh, you know, everything being managed the same in a protected area and outside. Just by definition of a protected area, it's different. We haven't found the, the silver bullet to figure out how to make it work with that level of habituated bear because inevitably our, our public safety radar goes off at some point. It's like we can't continue to play this game. It's like playing Russian roulette. And the feeling, the feeling from our perspective is that it's getting to a point where we're not managing it well enough to be confident that something won't happen. And it's at that point that we make the decision to go to plan B. And plan B in this case was to capture her and relocate her. I want to stress this point. When Jay compares managing grizzly bears to a game of Russian roulette, he's referring to what the province does not want to see happen again, someone being killed by a grizzly bear. So, in July 2017, Alberta Environment and Parks first relocates Bear 148 back to her home range. But Bear 148 returns to Canmore. And for about a week, she's near people every day. After that, the province's move becomes more drastic. They translocate her, about 450 kilometers northwest, to Kakwa Provincial Park in Alberta, near the British Columbia border. The official report about people and wildlife in the Bow Valley, and how they coexist, doesn't really lay out a perfect path to how we can avoid all conflict. It points out some of the problems, things we're doing right, and things we can do better. Here at the Miners' Union Hall in Canmore, the town's mayor, John Borrowman, sums it up. This is the beginning of a process. The process is going to go on maybe forever. People but here are hopeful. But it's clear we haven't completely figured out how to truly coexist with grizzly bears in the Bow Valley. It's complicated and always evolving. Thank you for listening to Bear 148. On the next episode, how does a grizzly bear get from A to B? People all throughout the valley have been benefiting from transportation access. And if we're not big enough to build in that connectivity for wildlife, the wildlife that people are coming out here to see, if we're not big enough to do that, then uh, you know we're, we're definitely asking for more incidents to happen. How roads can be deadly for grizzly bears and can pose long-term challenges for the species. 
This podcast was created by me, Molly Siegel, with editorial support from Emma Gilchrist and Carol Linnett. Cover art for our show by Justine Wong. Bear 148 was made with the support of the Yellowstone to Yukon Conservation Initiative and the Alberta chapter of the Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society. Hi, this is Carol Linnett. I'm one of the co-founders of the Narwhal. It takes a lot of time and energy to produce a podcast like this, especially for a very, very small team like ours. If you are enjoying Bear 148, we are looking for people like you to help us support this work. Right now, we're asking listeners of Bear 148 to become members of the Narwhal. We are a reader-funded publication, and it's people like you that help make podcasts like this come to life. If you want to support this kind of work, go to thenarwhal.ca slash member and become a Narwhal today. 